computer. All right, my name is Jeff. This is somebody uh, who I think just about anyone and everyone who watches this channel with any regularity is familiar with. Uh, his name is KG Job. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Job, this, I am honored. This is the first time that, uh, uh, assuming we, we do put this out there, this will be the first time that you and I have been on the Randos channel together. So I am, yeah. I am honored to share this space with you. Don't make me regret it. <laughs> hmm. um, well, I, I invited you, well, I put out a, a, just a general invite to the Discord because I had an opening in my schedule um, to have a conversation. Uh, and you, you jumped on it, so we're having a conversation now. And um, one of the things we were talking about before we were recording was, I'm interested because I haven't been as active on the Discord uh, as I've been in the past, just focusing on some, some other things. Um, but I'm interested in finding more out about how your um, ministry with your local church is going, the podcast that you're doing, how you're working in coordination with your pastor, and just see how all that's going. So just wanted to invite you to, to kind of tell the story just uh, since it started, what's happened, and just see what happens from there. Yeah, sure. Um, that's been a, a kind of a strange ride. It's strange to hear to call the ministry because as far as I'm concerned, it's just <laughs> me sort of doing things I think are nice to do. The podcast, Audible Faith, is going really, really well. Like we've hit the local papers and like, I think it was about two weeks ago now, my, uh, my pastor sends me a text message saying, hey, this uh, large... Um, Dutch religious organization, like the Dutch religious organization, um, the Evangelische Omroep Evangelical, what's that called? Radio? But it's not radio. It's also it's radio and TV and magazines. It's kind of the main one. And I used to organize these big festivals. And they say, yeah, well, they want to do an interview about the podcast. I'm like, fuck. And I, okay, <laughs> you deal with that. Like, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's just going to be over the phone. I said, cool. Oh, Joe, had, can I interrupt you for just a second? No problem. Would you mind backing up? And I'm sorry, I should have done this earlier. Can you just explain a little bit about the podcast and what it is and then talk a little bit more about this, <laughs> the, the interview? Oh, yeah, sure. Sorry. I, I, I dove right in. So a bit of background, um, as part of, as, as my role as the Discord pastor, um, I started having conversations with members, usually just asking them what brings you to the Discord. I have another one in about an hour and a half. And you get to all sorts of awesome conversations. And that started with me just talking with Andreas, which never got recorded. And just became this thing. People would just DM me saying, hey, can I talk with you on a podcast? Like, sure. And I noticed it's just so easy because people are willing to talk. Mm -hmm. And it's was, it was just lovely. You learn all these things. I, I like, I remember when I talked to Nick, he talked about these, these all these um, denominations I'd never heard of. And it's just, it's just really nice to, to talk to all sorts of people. So then I figured, 
maybe I'm decent at this. Why not just do that with, with my pastor? Um, do something like that with my church. And that's, that's uh, people who are familiar with me know this story, but I've had some conversations with people who found out that I was religious, or at least they th would think I'm religious. I have trouble considering myself religious. And, but they, and they'd say that what I would tell them, which was mostly religious stuff or Petersonian stuff, was really helpful, but then they probably would never have come with me into a church, and I would have never come with myself into a church about two years ago. But I figured maybe if I'd know better what goes on there, what people find there, the questions they have, the discussions they have, maybe it would have been more interesting to me. And uh, where am I going with this? Um, at some point, my church had an opening for uh, pastoral workers. So you go talk to people who are members of the church, and maybe they haven't been there for a while. You go talk to them, like, hey, how are you? How's church been for hmm. you? And how's your life? How, how, your family, this and that, whatever. Was that, a, um, was that something where you would, did you say you would go to people's house or that you would, mm -hmm. they would get invited to the church? No, you go to the house. You okay. get like assigned a segment and you, you, that's kind of your, your area. Okay. And I signed up and people were really positive. They said, sure, we'll, we'll um, raise you to, we'll, uh, what's that called? We'll place your uh, submission in front of the church council mm -hmm. and we'll see where it goes. And so my pastor was really positive, but he also said, well, you're not really particularly religious in you're not really a christian yet as far as you yourself are concerned mm. so and and other people on the discord who i talked to had been saying to me well how can you give people a spiritual aid if you don't believe in the promises of the faith mm. that is a perfectly fair point i i i thought that was a good point so when my pastor wanted to talk to me about the whole pastoral worker thing, I said, well, we kind of figured out, let's not do this. Bad idea. Maybe in the future. And I said, well, what about the podcast? And he didn't know what that was. I said, well, but it's been really useful to me. It's like how I got into all this. It's like I, I listened to a YouTube video. That's, that's how I, by Peterson, that's how I started exploring this stuff. I said, what I'd like to do is have conversations with you, Pastor, about theolo theological stuff. We could talk about like what's what's forgiveness, what's injustice, how can we deal with forgiveness, but also reconciliation. Um, what's prayer? Why you know stuff like that. But then also just conversations with members of the church. Like, what brings you here? Who are you? Tell me, tell me something about yourself, as Paul would say. And pastor was really enthusiastic so i did what i do i registered a domain set up a website got a got a a fancy microphone <laughs> <laughs> and i kind of started asking people like hey would you be involved would you would you like to be on the discord uh, on the discord <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> and people were very reluctant and I was like, that's odd. Why? I did an introductory episode with the pastor saying, hey, you know, how did this came to be? Why are we doing this? Basically, the story I'm telling you. And that was, people thought it was interesting. They also thought it was difficult because at that particular point, I was really into the 
the problem of reasoning and uh, materialism and philosophy. So my brain was just going into all sorts of sidetracks. So people thought it was useful, but I thought it was difficult. And then afterwards we did one on prayer for the week of prayer where every church in like five churches in town have each evening a every anyone can go and then we have a prayer evening for like half an hour <clears throat> so we did an episode about that and that was well received because it was half an hour and i made sure not to be philosophical and uh but what i noticed that people didn't want to go like especially the people that I talk to that I have the best discussions with about philosophy and books. And they're like, Oh, 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 oh no, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, but why not? Well, yeah, it's going to be public. Yeah. But it's like, we, we could just talk about a book you've read. We didn't have to talk about your, your existential axioms. Yeah. But still, and like this, this from the same people who will, you know, we will challenge each other's ideas with coffee after church going, you know, no, Rousseau was full of shit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know, this, this is rubbish. Oh, you should read this book. You'd understand better. Like sometimes it's kind of pretty fiery and I love that. But they, they don't want to come and sit with me and say, Hey, you know, what's a book you've read that kept you busy and how does that relate to your faith? And I got the, the, the previous um, head of the church council to show up. He's from 1947. And I asked him, hey, can you introduce yourself? And that was the entire episode for an hour long. I could just, bop, 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 bop. <laughs> I, I just said, uh-huh, once in a while. And <laughs> so, but what I think that is that it showed people like, oh, it doesn't need to be all what is faith? What is God to you? You know, I don't ask any, everybody who God to them is. I only do that to people I like. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then um, I, I record an episode with Emil. It's going to be published on the 8th. And he brought a painting that moved him. And he brought music that moved him. And we just had this, he's a school teacher. And we just had this beautiful conversation about children about vulnerability about uh, the need to be able to be unhappy and and that we as a society have problems with that nowadays mm. and we just talked for about 45 minutes about about all sorts of things and uh, he was involved with a um, a uh, particular church service in the netherlands that um, was non-stop like 24-hour church service for i think at least two weeks so there would be just um, pastors taking each other place, like every hour, boom, new pastor, boom, new pastor. And then people would take shifts coming into the church. And that was, do you know this story? Mm -mm. This was a very particular church service because you cannot disrupt a church service as police and government. That's illegal. As far as I understand the background. That's, and, and in that church, during that church service, where people from syria a family who would otherwise have been evic evicted from the country mm -hmm. and this way we could keep them while their um while their appeal ran and they they now live here they were allowed to stay hmm. so he was part of that very special thing 
very spe- special church service that you know made news around the world. Mm-hmm. It was in this church in The Hague. It's just beautiful. And so we talked about that. Like, what's it like to be a Christian? You know, how does that? And he is. He calls himself a chronic Christian. Like, <laughs> like he can't help being Christian. And like, I envy that so much. You know, it's he's a beautiful person. And we just talked for forty-five minutes. And when we talk about the music, I have a little montage of the song he talks about playing under him talking. And oh wow! Yeah, you got I, some production value on your podcast. Oh, I have all sorts of audio tools, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you know how to do all that stuff? Oh yeah, I have an intro and an outro. So I have a very good friend who's um, who's blind, and uh, he he's an audio producer. So oh, wow. he makes uh, jingles, and I said, "Hey, can I, you know, help? Can you help me make a jingle for my podcast? It's about this and this." He said, "Yeah, ma'am, but uh, he's from England, and he was over here once." He says, "You took me out for Indonesian food. Here, here's my list of free jingles. If there's anything <laughs> in there." go nuts like thank you man that's that's lovely so it has an intro and an outro and people have been pretty positive we've had we've had three episodes out now but i've i've already recorded three more like uh, my pastor is very uh, active in in uh, victim help, especially uh, domestic violence and sexual mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. And he, he organizes um, um, meetings about it. So he did an episode about that, like what is injustice and how do we deal with that? And what does it mean to be forgiven? And I, I didn't need to do anything. I could just let him do his thing. And so that's, that was like half an hour. We limit these at half hours. So it's like driving from here to Rotterdam. You can listen to an episode on your way to work. But I also had the current head of the church council. And like people call me KG. I could learn from from <laughs> I mean, it, it was a good recording, but I understand why she was careful because she's the head of the church council. Yeah. So yeah. and I was trying to dig, you know, like what's church to you and what's it like to be the you know, and how do you deal with that? And she was like very mm, very guarded. Like, okay guarded yeah which is fine i cut it on time like hey this this is good and like the moment the microphones were off she's like pop, 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 pop. so <laughs> that was that was obvious that she she was just being careful and we talked about music so I put some music in there too and you know kind of make it work well you know paul vanderclay does say um that youtube and i think this also extends to podcasts and the internet in general if you're putting things out there is a place for people with little to lose and he says that and i know it but i don't act like i know it <laughs> it's like someday someday this is all going to to come back at me like they'll see these early recordings something i look at these early recordings and like it's just some guy struggling with things it's perfectly fine. So, <laughs> but like yesterday, man, I had Rick, who I kind of, um, what's the right word for that? I kind of badgered him into coming on the show. He's 19 years old and uh, he studies uh, or uh, politicology and, and uh, relations between countries. And uh, he's, um, he's very, you know, his faith is a big deal for him. He's an extremely smart guy, very educated. 
uh, and he's been to Rwanda on a, on a trip with the church. Wow. And before that he did a whole study and um, um, I don't know the English word for this, but like you study something and they hand in a, a report to your teacher mm-hmm. as an exercise. And he did a whole thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he did that on the genocide. So he was well prepared. Okay. And so we talked about like, how did it change your views on humanity? How did you find the people there? What was church like? Um, was it weird to come back into the Netherlands? And like, I had trouble getting stuff out of him. And that was fine because we eventually had 40 minutes, which I think is decent. But it was a beautiful conversation. Mm. And I tried to kind of dig at like, well, what's what's faith to you? And what do you struggle with? And he didn't really seem to want to go into that, which is fine. Like he's young. He's got a social circle. He's got to be willing to be open about that. So I'm not going to push it. Mm-hmm. But... I think Discord spoiled me in the sense that people would already be really willing to tell me something. And so I would have to cut them off at the hour saying, Hey, if there's anything here, you still want to talk about, we got 15 minutes left. What do you got? And here I have to learn how to ask questions to get them to come back to me. Because if I don't, they'll just look at me and I go, Oh, they're not just going to tell me something else. I need to get something. Yeah. That's been difficult, but that's also maybe a skill I have to get. Well, I think, I can't remember. I think I was um, briefly chatting with Shelly about this on the Discord, Um, but you, like I was thinking about why people just felt compelled to reach out to Paul and actually wanted to have a conversation with him and have these deep things that they didn't feel like they had an avenue to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think one very important factor was it's it's not just people reaching out to Paul randomly. They have been watching and listening to Paul. And so there's a, if you feel like you know the person to a certain extent, you know, you know, you have a, it's certainly a one-sided relationship when you're just always listening to somebody else talking, but you feel more comfortable opening up to that person. And so I think this is something that's common with just pastors in a church too. It's why people would be more willing to come and actually talk to a pastor and and be very transparent with their lives toward a pastor, because perhaps, again, it's just a theory, they feel more, they feel a level of trust there. It's like, okay, I've I've heard this person talk enough. I've heard their ideas. I've, I've gotten a certain level of familiarity with who they are and how they think. And so I feel comfortable now opening up and just sharing things with them um, because I feel like I know them a little bit. Yeah. And so yeah. when I was, when I was talking to Shelly on the discord, I was saying, you know, I, I have a, I have a need to do this more in person now. Um, but it seems like it would be very, there's a difficult hurdle that we have to figure out how to, how to get over when it comes to encouraging people to open up because I was, I was thinking about it in like a, a small group setting, like my, my church and my pastor and the leadership there have been inviting people who are interested to start some small groups. Um, and I've kind of bounced this idea off of my pastor and off of one of the other people on staff there, one of the other ministers 
And, you know, it's, it's really hard to explain kind of these conversations that we've been having here on YouTube and on the Discord and the things that Paul has been doing. Um, and it, it, one, it's hard to explain. And it's also hard to just say, here, go watch these four, five, six, 20 hours of content to get a better idea of, of what we're trying, what I, what I would like to see happen, you know, more in real life, uh, flesh and blood. Um, so I've bounced that off of them, but it's it's been kind of difficult to articulate it, and I'm still trying to to work out a way to present it. But I did I did get some positive feedback from um, the person who is uh, uh, like a spiritual formation director or minister at our church. Um, I can't really describe what all that entails, but that's that's um, this person's title, and. It's funny because I was I was saying you know one one of the things that I'd possibly like to do is have a session like an hour or two right after the the end of the service on Sundays to where if anybody just wants to come in and talk particularly if they're new but anybody yeah. really who just wants to come and work out whatever issues they have in conversation and and she said this she said oh wow you know it would be almost like you could call it Sunday conversations and I was like huh that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> um, so me and the pastor have to link up again and just, just talk about it a little bit. We've had a preliminary conversation about it where he's, he's open to it. If, if it's something, if it's actually a small group that's endorsed by the church, it has to follow certain guidelines. Um, but he said it, it can focus on an interest as well. And it could be anything. It could be like a, a sporting activity. It could be, uh, books. Um, when I started talking to the spiritual formation director about it, I said, well, if it has to be around an interest, I'd like to have a C.S. Lewis small group. Yes, I was waiting for it. Because that can go in so many different directions. You know, you're an atheist and you're just showing up to church, but you don't feel like, you know, it's a place for you. You just felt like coming one day. Come back here and talk. I can I can open up the atheist box on uh, C.S. Lewis, you know. If, yeah. If you're... Um, you know, if you're a, if, if you've been in church your whole life, we can talk about it there. It's, a, it's interesting because one of, one of the selling points that I shared there was it feels like, from what I can tell, um, at least in Christianity, um, I, I see three different lanes of Christianity as, as I'm learning more over the last couple years. Um, you know, I see the, uh, obviously the, the Roman Catholic Church. I see the Protestants and everything that's often in that that land of Protestantism. And then something that's newer to me that, you know, as being someone who's come up in the land of Protestantism, just never really ever talked about, and that's the Eastern Orthodox Church. And so I haven't done any kind of deep study, you know, I've just relied on what um, Luke has told me about it, in particular about how it how the great schism, you know, came about and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure if I talked to a Catholic, they would have a different uh, take on it, but that's, that's fine. You know, I'm not here to, to start any fights, but the reason that I bring those three lanes of Christianity up is because all three of them seem to have a relatively high regard for C.S. Lewis and his thought. And so I feel like from a, a, a Christianity standpoint, if you're housing it within a, 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 a Christian, particularly a Protestant Christian denomination standpoint, but there might be people coming into this church from all different facets of non-belief, 
to, I grew up in some form of Christianity, Catholicism, Protestantism. I doubt anybody who's Eastern Orthodox would come floating into our church who, who left it, but who knows, maybe so. But if we were just focused around what I know about C.S. Lewis, which as far as I'm concerned is not enough, there's so much more that I want to know. And I, I have yet to read a biography that anybody else has written on him. So I, the Narnian is on my list. I saw you were talking. Oh, it's, it's lovely. And the but, poetry in there. Yeah, but go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm on my project right now of just trying to read everything in the order that it was published or roughly, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find, follow his development of thought now from a very young age all the way up to right before he died. Um, and, you know, I've, I've read some big, uh, uh, some very popular works of his here and there over the last, you know, 15 to 20 years that I've just fallen in love with. But now I'm just trying to do a deep study of where he was and, and where he's going. And I just feel like, you know, there, there are so many things, as, as everybody who's on the Discord sees, if there's a topic that comes up and I'm like, oh, I know that Lewis has said something about that, you know, I'll throw my quote <laughs> into the stream and just show you, oh, yeah, here's something very interesting that he had to say about it. And um, I just, I feel like there's a, there's a lot there to draw from um, and a lot to connect to. And, you know, worst case scenario, if, if we kind of run out of fuel, I can just say, all right, we're doing a book study on this particular book for the next several weeks. And if people like it, that's great. If they don't, yeah. you know, and, and I'm hoping that that if if that doesn't work, the conversations can just turn in whatever direction we want them to go to. Now, like I said, there have to be certain guardrails up and I would have to work out what those would need to be with my pastor because, if it's something that's endorsed by the church, certainly I don't want to, I don't want to cross any lines or break any trust or anything like that, right? Um, but he he has also mentioned, you know, we could also just provide you space because I did initially approach him in the 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 meetup type conversation to where you know there there are people and and I did tell him a little bit about the Discord and that there are people who feel like spiritually homeless um who find you know something uh at least around uh the the meaning crisis conversation and those type things and so what i'm really trying to do is just square away what context i want to do this in and i'm i'm feeling more like it's moving in the direction of the church endorsed small group um because then i'll also have um some collaboration or some uh, teamwork with the church to kind of help uh, market, I guess, for lack of a better term, at least get the word out to a group of people or to people in the community that say, hey, if you're, if you're looking for something like this. And, and probably what I will do is, as, as we're talking about it, and if we're both okay with it, share at least what you've just talked about in your conversation, just to show, hey, here's one particular avenue that we could pursue if we want to, you know? Um, but, but part of, part of the thing that I'm dealing with right now is just kind of getting it clear in my head as to what it is that I, I even want to do to try to contribute to um, making a difference and making things better, whatever that means. Um, and then once I, once I have a, a better idea of what that is, actually being able to articulate that in a way that other people, particularly the leadership in the church that I go to, could get on board with and not feel right. um, 
threatened by probably isn't the right word, but just feel like, yeah, I, I think that from what you, from what it sounds like, it seems like that would be doing more harm than good. And so far, nobody has said that, you know, I haven't gotten any, any responses like that, which, which I feel very um, hopeful about. Just can't imagine churches not wanting to do this. Like, what the, have you seen um, John Van Donk's initiative at Crosspoint Church in Chino? I haven't. I remember Paul um, mentioning that they were talking about that and, and working on that. And I, I would like to have a conversation with um, either him or he and Paul just to talk through, you know, maybe what that is and maybe even even reach out to them and see if they might be willing to talk to my church leadership a little bit about it. So maybe um, we could help. Uh, that could help maybe paint a little bit more of, of the picture of, of what we could possibly do with it. Yeah, I'm. I've tried something similar with my own church. Well, not that's not entirely true. My pastor came to me saying, "Would you like to help with this thing?" Like, yeah, why not? Uh, so what? What I we we sort of wanted a group for people who identify as secular or consider themselves secular or you know, left the faith or whatever, and they just want to talk about stuff. And we're like, well, okay, so we'll have that at the fire department across the street from my house. It won't be in a church, and we we could talk about you know is there such a thing as good and evil, for instance. And I ended up making some flyers. We hung those up, and we asked around, and we networked a bit, and we had our first evening. I think two weeks ago, and one person showed up, mm. which hey. <laughs> Which was it was a great guy. We had a great conversation. He was really enthusiastic at the at the end. Couldn't thank us enough, and he was going to be back next time. And here I was sitting at my desk, minding my own business. A couple of days ago, some guy walks by, starts enthusiastically pointing at the flyer on my window, and so he's going to show up. And he lives a couple of do doors down. Turns out, hmm. so. That actually is going better than I thought because if I were a secular person, I sure as hell wouldn't want to show up to something like that. Right. So, but there doesn't seem to be anything like this. Not in my village. It's all religion. Or, well, that's the right word. It's all religious related. Like there's clubs, like chess, and, you know, ways to get people together but not like what you are doing and not like what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And what John and Paul are trying to do. And so, I mean, yeah, Godspeed, man. I, um, I hope you can pull it off. And I think the most difficult part is to get the people to come. Well, it's interesting because um, when I did have a preliminary combo with my pastor about it, um, he's very familiar with the, the categories of the nuns and the duns. Um, in a religious context, right? Nuns being the people who, when um, polled, ask what is your religious affiliation, and they, you know, Christian, um, non-Christian, what a, a atheist. They they just pick none of the above, right? So that's where the term nun comes from for anybody that's not familiar. And then the duns are the ones who say, yeah, I, um, I think for the it might not necessarily be confined to Christian, but um, it could be, yeah, I was brought up in some type of a religious context. Um, I believe in what I consider to be maybe a core tenets 
Um, but I'm just done with the institutionalization of it. I'm just completely done with church. Um, and in the, in the particular Christian context, a, a Christian done would say, you know, I, I still consider myself a Christian push come to show, but I'm just done. I'm just done with all the mess that has to do with church and all the problems that I have with it. It's just not a place for me. I'm not going to be there. You know, I'd rather be someplace else. Um, so they just, they have various um, issues with it. And I say, they, I'm, I'm a done. I've, I've mentioned this before. I'm, I'm a done that's no good at being done. You know, I am, I continue to go to church, uh, even though I feel like there are just a lot of aspects of it that don't connect with me. And, and I, you know, some people have said, well, have you tried different denominations? Oh, of course. Yes. I've, now I've only been to Eastern Orthodox once and I'm not saying anything disparaging about Eastern Orthodox, but um, you know, the, the different places that I go, I do feel there's, there's a certain bit of, of homelessness to it. Um, and so I, I am interested in having more conversations with people like that. Um, but I also love having conversations with people who aren't done, who do go to church, who do find a great deal of meaning in it, who do love their tradition, who do love some of the things that I can't stand. Um, I like being able to hear those stories and being able to interact with them and, and just hear the different ways that people think. Now, what's interesting, the reason that I bring up this whole nuns and duns thing is because, you know, in the context of what I'm trying to do in my church, nuns and it, you would almost frame it when you're pitching it to church leadership as a, this is a nuns and duns outreach. Nuns and duns don't want to be outreached to. <laughs> exactly. And so that's, that's the They'll issue. They'll come if they want to. Right. That's the issue that I'm not sure how to overcome. And what's interesting about this whole thing that's happened with the Paul Vanderclay um, community is people found him. They started hearing things that they were interested in hearing about that they weren't hearing anywhere else. And they wanted to start having conversations first with him, but then it just became too much. You know, he's a bottleneck. He's one person. And, you know, right around that time, everything lined up shortly after where um, Joey and the Sacramento meetup crew said, Hey, let's, let's create some other kind of community where a bunch more people can do this. And that's when the discord was birthed and, so we found a bunch of other people and a bunch of other, other availability to have these conversations. And I don't know how you bring that into real life, particularly with that nuns and done hurdle that I talked about, because it's like nuns and duns find what they're interested in out there on the internet right now, I think, or on TV or through some type of mass communication because they're not going to church to find these things. Um, I honestly don't know where they're going to be able to have these conversations. Um, but will they want to find real life interaction? Because that's, that's what we're trying to achieve through the discord. I, I think they want to have conversations. I, I bet, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I have a suspicion that many of the people on the discords would love to have conversations with each other on the discord live and in person because we all a lot of us, at least I know I do, and some of the other people I've talked to on there feel like 
yeah, I would love to be able to meet up in person for us to talk. I mean, it happened with you and I, right? We we saw each other on Paul's videos and we're like, yeah, sure. I want to talk in person. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I have admitted that I was a little... I was a little hesitant initially. I can't remember if I told you that, but I think I've said this in another conversation. I was like, ah, I don't know about meeting up with someone in person that I've just, you know, only met on the internet or not even really met on the internet, just shared a, a comment with on a, a random crazy pastor's YouTube video in his comments section. But I'm just like, nah, I've seen, I've seen Job enough times. Yeah, I'll, he, he, you know, he reached out, why not? It's a short drive. Let's go meet up. Short, four <laughs> hours. <laughs> Actually, my wife has to go to the conference very likely in in uh, in, in Texas again. Uh -huh. Like, oh, ooh, oh, I should come along and I can go barbecue with Jeff. Like, I can't justify flying all the way to Texas just to barbecue with Jeff, or can I? Like, I don't know. That's a good justification. You know what? After after our conversation, we should. Um, we should have a talk and see how much it's going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, the, 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 the outreach to nuns and duns. Yeah, it is special the way that happened with Paul, but I think Paul was so open that when you talk to him, you don't get the impression that he's going to judge you or, um, respond harshly or say you're full of shit he could have told me 20 times <laughs> in these four conversations we had Job that shitty theology where the hell did you get these stupid ideas because looking back I tell myself that but <laughs> <laughs> but jokes aside I mean the fact that he doesn't do that that he listens he's like well if you consider this or how about that because yeah Lots of nuns and duns, I bet, struggle. Hmm. And then it's just nice to have a quote-unquote safe space where you can have conversations about interesting things. Like, for instance, uh, you asked me, um, going back on the Lewis thing, you said, hey, I wonder what you think about C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity if you read it now. So I did. Well, I listened to it on Audible. Uh, but something like that for... That's that's interesting to non-believers as well. What do you think about that argument? I mean, he's still three three steps ahead of me when I'm listening to it. That hasn't changed. But uh, oh, it's a wonderful book, and I understand it a lot better now. Yeah, uh, I I hope you can pull it off, man. It 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 sounds great, and I'm glad your pastor is is cooperative. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I need to, our schedules have been kind of misaligned um, with different, you know, activities over the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to, well, I'll see him to tomorrow. So I'm sure I'll have a, a, you know, brief little chat with him, but I'll, I'm going to try to connect with him again sometime in the next couple of weeks. Um, I've got, I've got family in town from Europe this week. <laughs> um, so... I, I won't have a lot of uh, uh, free time uh, this week, but maybe the week after, you know, I'll, I'll try to get together with my pastor and see what we can see what we can make happen. Where in Europe? Italy? Uh, Switzerland. Okay. I have family uh, in Switzerland. Okay. I don't know where I got Italian. I don't know. I, I figured your last name is peace in another language, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, I've heard that maybe my uh, my name comes from uh, uh, Italian roots, but whenever we did like the the DNA, you know, the whatever it is, the heritage or or mm-hmm. ancestry.com or whatever, I can't remember which one it was now. Somebody somebody in my family gave it to me as a present, um, but it said, you know, it's all. Um, uh, where is it? I don't know. It seemed like it was very English and Anglo roots. I know that's probably uh-huh. a surprise from looking at me, but uh, surprise. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a strange mixture of French and German. <laughs> what the hell do you expect? <laughs> I'm from a long line of farmers. <sighs> oh, this has nothing to do with anything at all, but you saying, uh, you know, a, a long line of farmers in English and French. And then I was thinking about where you are and that you're, that you're Dutch. Um, there was a, there was a Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Far. Uh, <laughs> Have you seen that scene where he goes yeah. to uh, the Netherlands? Yeah. It's, it's, that scene is so much bullshit. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I, I, I recognized at least one of the actors, but, and the Dutch is, you know, it's, it's a proper Dutch people. Uh-huh. Uh, but, then he walks into a town that, like, what the hell? It's 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 like that's like Middle Ages. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it looks like it's a scene from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what, what kind of country do they think this is? <laughs> very strange. Well, it's the same I mean, thing that happens when Texas is represented in the, in a very um, stereotypical fashion. And you've been to Texas, so it's, it's not quite maybe what you were expecting. I don't know. No, I mean, I was kind of expecting a bit more of the the Dukes of Hazard, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it uh, was, I mean, like, it was a large state. Like, they weren't lying about that. And it was very warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely those two things. It's not so <laughs> warm right now, but it's not cold either, which is why this is a really decent place to live, at least most of the year. Um Three months out of the year, some would say it's unbearable with the heat, but I know the heat is worse worse in places like Arizona and New Mexico. Mm. Oh boy, <laughs> it's going to be fun next month. Well, I can't be that warm there yet by that time. You never know. You might get lucky. Mm. 28 <laughs> days from now, i like, oh no, I hope it will go okay. We'll see. Okay. Keep uh, keep uh, trying to persuade those two to make a drive over to, to Texas. <laughs> I wish. I mean, we would have to connect to a church over there. Well, I could work uh, on that part. I, I think I think John has has schemed everything to the T. So I don't know how much stretch room there is, but no, it's an incredibly long drive from there to Texas. So I, I couldn't there see are, it happening unless you guys extend the trip by a month. <laughs> there are some trips in there that say eight hours without stops. I'm like fucking hell. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Eight hours. That's what, is like, that, yeah, I, what is that, a drive to Siberia from uh, the Netherlands? <laughs> I, think, I think you end up somewhere at Moscow, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, I know you've um, got another uh, conversation coming up, so I don't want to take too much of your time. It turns out that guy actually has had a convo with Paul, so I... Should probably sort of catch up on that. See where, uh, see which that one was. Okay. Well, I think this was good. 
I'll uh, cut this off and um, we'll decide to do what to do with it from here. Uh.